What's up, Rams fans? Welcome back to Ram Showcase. Tonight, mini camp has started. It's like regular camp, but smaller. Plus, new uniforms. Are they close? And later, the Matthew Stafford effect, part two. Next on Ram Showcase. Welcome to Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I am your host, Joe Brandon, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags. I'm laying down the law for you guys tonight. A lot of stuff to get into. Uh, we're in mini camp right now, all right? It's just like regular camp, but smaller. And we got some good good kind of some, some nuggets coming out of mini camp, which is exactly what I wanted. I wanted some nuggets, all right? And we got some nuggets. Speaking of nuggets, the Joker got MVP. That's pretty cool. Uh, local squad, I guess. I don't really care about basketball that much, though, so I'm not trying to brag or anything. I don't care. But I do know that. Popped up a lot on my Facebook this week. <laughs> We're talking new uniforms, Matthew Stafford effect. A couple of fan quesos for you guys. And like I said, just some good notes for you guys. So first, I wanted to start this because uh, because of some, some of the comments that I made last week. Uh, just a story that I told. And I want to let you guys know. I mean, I definitely appreciate all the people who reached out to me. And like sent like over some condolences and stuff like that. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. that was really awesome. So uh, that was that was cool from from last week's episode that I got to uh, I got to I guess just share a little bit and that it was received uh, positively. So that's cool. Um, also this week though uh, we did see that uh, former NFL coach Jim Fossil uh, he did die that, uh, earlier this week. Uh, most of us know him as Bones's dad. John Fossil, former special teams coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams. It was his father. I actually, uh, we had, it was awesome. In 2018, the Rams were up in Denver playing the Broncos in week six. And actually, we got to meet Jim Fossil. And that was really cool. I'll put the photo up for you guys. Uh, for the audio listeners, I do apologize. Just picture me standing next to Jim Fossil. I got to meet him, though. It was really cool. Got to see his Super Bowl ring. It was really awesome. This first like real Super Bowl ring I've ever seen with my own eyeballs. That was, that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, definitely our, our condolences out to the Fossil family out there. But you know that's um yeah that's it's, it's never it's never positive news to hear that. So that's unfortunate. Hope that Bones is doing all right. I know he's probably got a pretty heavy heart. So, uh, but that kind of just it reminded me that because of last week, me sharing a little bit of my story with you guys. Uh, just a little bit of uh, of what's going on with with myself, and so you know, yeah, it's been a I guess a weird a weird time for a lot of people, I guess. But we're gonna switch this around, and we're gonna have a good show, a good positive show. It is June 9th as of date of recording, which means I have exactly one more month of being in my twenties left. So we're getting real close there. We're trying to just live it up while we can. Because we're getting we're getting to the end, <laughs> all right. We're getting to the end of the twenties. I guess it's time to like be an adult after that. I guess I don't know. We'll see what happens. Let's go ahead and hop into some news. So we'll start with the Julio Jones uh, saga that is now over because now Julio Jones has been traded to the Tennessee Titans. Of course, the Rams were in this conversation for a little while, and then it was reported that they had backed out. I want to let it be known because I, I know that the, the Jalen Ramsey comments came out. Uh, we, we talked about this before. A lot of people have talked about this before. It was like a pretty known thing that whatever Julio Jones got traded for, that basically every other team in the league was going to be like, that was it? We could have done that. 
And that's exactly what happened. Rams fans did it. I even said that that was going to happen. I think Pat McAfee said that that was going to happen. I think Colin Coward said that that was going to happen. I think Rich Eisen said that that was going to happen. So pretty standard. I mean, I think that that's what we all expected. But at the same time, with Shannon Sharp pulling his absolutely ridiculous stunt on live TV, uh, the the Falcons had no shot at pulling off a one after that. The reports of them getting getting offered a one, I think, are total bogus. I, I didn't buy that for one second that they were getting offered a one. Because uh, also, why would you get offered a one and then accept an offer that, that the highest pick is a two? It, it makes no sense. If you could get a one, you take a one, especially in a situation where you have no control. So I, I know that, that that I was pretty pretty stoked on the Julio Jones potential of becoming an L.A. Ram. I was excited about it. I know many of you guys were as well. I know that kind of split most fan bases. It was a, it was one of those situations where a lot of people wanted this guy on different on different fan bases and different teams. But uh, there was also like a whole group that did not want him at all. There was kind of like, nah, he's a little older. Like, why, why are we giving stuff up for this guy? You know, we got to pay him. And also we got to lose stuff to get him. Like, oh, what's the point kind of thing? And yeah, I mean, that, those, that all checks out. But also Julio Jones is an incredible talent. So I, I don't know why I would not want Julio Jones instead of a second round pick, I guess, is the, is the, the right way to, to think about that. Because if, I mean... Second round pick, that's a that's a crapshoot right there. You have no idea if that guy's going to be worth anything. But Julio Jones, you know he's going to make your offense that much more dynamic. So, uh, it, it's, you know, I was a little bummed out to see it happen, but whatever. It's not a big deal. I also, like I mentioned last week, that I didn't really think it was a need for the Rams to go for a wide receiver. I like the wide receiver group that the Rams have right now. It's pretty loaded up. Honestly, Julio Jones just would have made it, you know, more difficult for some of these lower lower roster guys to make this team. Because obviously we know that Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson, these guys are making the team. That Tutu Atwell, these guys are there already. So adding Julio, that probably would have been our wide receivers. It probably would have been Julio, Woods, Cup, Jefferson, Jackson, and Tutu. That's probably all we would have kept. So anybody else below that, Simba, Skronik, all those guys, they would have probably been booted, honestly. So, hey, it's not too bad, and it gives another one of these younger guys a shot. And also... I mean, one of the things here that the that, that, that worked out for the Rams is he did not go to a different NFC West team. He did not go to the Cardinals, the 49ers, or the Seahawks. And those all teams were in the conversation as early as a week ago. We talked about it on this show on, uh, what was that, the second? that We talked about that they were still in the hunt for, for Julio. Those teams were still having conversations. It seemed like the Seahawks were the most realistic of those ones, uh, the Cardinals, Definitely didn't need to add another weapon at the wide receiver spot, but uh, they're still in potential Zach Ertz situations. So, I mean, I don't know, but uh, I'm glad that he didn't go to a different NFC West team. The unfortunate part of that is in week nine, Sunday night football at SoFi Stadium. He will still be in L.A. playing the L.A. Rams, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of Ramsey versus Jones, and that's going to be obviously some must-see TV because we'll get Darius Williams on A.J. Brown, and also don't forget that that is exactly where former Ram Josh Reynolds is now playing, so we'll see him as well. So uh, Tannehill's got some weapons out there for sure uh, with the Titans, and then uh, Derrick Henry, we all know him. He's the, the, the offensive Aaron Donald, you know. Uh, so I don't, maybe that's, a, maybe, is that too? No, I don't know. That guy's incredible, man. I don't know. It's, I don't know if that's too much or not, but we do see them in week nine. So as, as Julio Jones will not be playing for the Los Angeles Rams, he will still be playing at the Los Angeles Rams venue this season under the lights at SoFi week nine. So that'll be pretty cool stuff. Let's go ahead and shift our focus to mini camp now. 
And we saw a couple of things that have popped in so far. We're in day two right now. I don't know if I've seen uh, if I don't think I've seen any updates from today. I think most of these will be from yesterday. Uh, as as far I'm getting off work right now, and then I just I kind of hit record. So I tried to look up some stuff. I didn't see anything additional that I that was really pressing or anything. So Jalen Ramsey showed up. He of course was not at the voluntary camps. Uh, just uh, just recently, but now, of course, these are mandatory. He is there now. He showed up wearing uniform number five, and immediately, media outlets, national media outlets were like, Jalen Ramsey changed his number. He's number five now. We do not have any kind of confirmation that Jalen Ramsey is now rocking number five instead of number 20, and part of this also that kind of ties in is that Cam Akers came out wearing number 23. He's no longer number 23. He was last year, but now he's just wearing number three. So Jalen Ramsey coming out in, in in minicamp wearing the number five doesn't really tell us anything. Uh, it, I, I don't think that this is a number change. I think that I want to say the number was like $619,000 that he would need to spend to to buy out his uh, his jersey stock so that he could change his number. I don't know if he's willing to do that or not. I mean... He's got it, but let's not pretend like just because he's a millionaire that $619,000 isn't a good chunk of change just to change your number. That's still money. That's still a lot of money, even if you're a millionaire, okay? It's not like saying, it's like, oh, that'd be like paying nickels for us or whatever. That's still a lot of money. I don't think I would want to pay that if I was a millionaire still, so I'm not sure. But we don't have any kind of confirmation that a number change is actually happening for Jalen Ramsey. So as it stands today, at time of recording, which is... 602 <laughs> uh then you know, we still don't have uh, any kind of confirmation that 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 number is changing some other notes here out of minicamp tutu atwell and jacob harris have been invited to the nflpa rookie premiere so that's pretty cool stuff we don't really see a lot of rams go to this anymore just because the rams don't really pick that high uh but that's totally cool but they'll be out there taking some action shots for uh, the panini cards and stuff you know uh, we've seen this I mean, Todd Gurley was there. Sean Mannion did it. I'm trying to remember everybody. I don't know if they did it last year because of COVID going on, but actually, I don't remember. I don't think so. I would doubt it. (laughs) I would doubt that they would do the rookie premiere with COVID going on. They didn't do a lot of things with COVID going on, so I'm sure they did not. But Tutu and Jacob Harris will be there this time. So that's pretty cool stuff. Those rookies, those those are two guys also that, that figure to be a decent part of of the Rams plans this year. They, they seem to be like they're fitting in where they might actually be able to contribute this year, maybe a little bit more than we've seen rookies contribute under the Sean McVay era. We haven't just, we just haven't really seen it that much. Most guys get the, the, their, their jump in playing time comes in year two. Of course, last year we did see it at the safety position with Jordan Fuller. Terrell Burgess was in there uh, until he got hurt, but then Jordan Fuller did play a decent amount last year. Cam Akers, we know as well, uh, he played a decent chunk, but like I'm thinking, like, like for the, I think the best example is like a guy like Van Jefferson, where like they they, they get talked up, and maybe they like he had a sweet catch in Week One against the Cowboys on the left sideline. There it was like over over the shoulder, and then he like fell down as he caught it. But uh, that he just didn't really get a lot of playing time this year. So I anticipate jumps from our second year guys, but I think that we have we do have some rookies this year that I think will be able to come in and make an impact. Uh, speaking of second year guys making an impact. Based on some of Sean McVay's comments, it does kind of look like we might see Cam Akers line up at the wide receiver position at some point this year in some capacity. Basically, what was said by Sean McVay was that he likes his ability to catch the ball and that he likes him in the slot as well as outside uh, lined up at receiver. So this is a very real possibility that that's something that we could see 
uh, Cam Akers just kind of moving around a little bit. And with uh, the way that our running back situation is now with Daryl Henderson also there, I mean, this totally makes it makes sense that we could see this. But also, I mean, we just mentioned a little bit earlier, Rams got wide receivers for days. So we'll be fine in that in that spot. We don't need Cam Akers to take wide receiver reps, but it's kind of cool that he potentially can. So I'll take it. Let's go ahead and talk about our new uniforms that we're supposed to get pretty soon. Hopefully soon. Uh, we're, we're all still waiting, Kevin. Damn off. All right. So we're trying to see. I, I have not found like anything real on when this is going to when they when these new uniforms are going to get released. But we're set. The rumors are just saying that we're pretty close. But also, I mean, we're in June, so that makes sense. Like, we're the season is not far away. Like, we get preseason games pretty quick. They're coming up. You know what I mean? So, uh, Denver is the one that I'll be at because I live in Colorado. But if you guys are going to be out here, let me know. We'll meet up, drink beers and stuff in the parking lot and inside. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do it both. But. Uh, we don't know exactly when these are going to come out. It is already June, so I, I it's gonna it's got to be soon, right? Uh, rumors. I've seen a lot of rumors on what what style this could be. I've seen rumors saying we're going to get a black jersey. I've seen rumors saying that we're going to get a white jersey, and I've seen rumors that we're going to get a yellow jersey. I think black is highly unlikely. I don't think we get a black uniform. Uh, it's a little bit. I, I put cliche. I don't think that that's the right word. I, I think it's a little bit like cartoony, I guess, to to have a black uniform when black is not in your color scheme. I think it's kind of corny to do that. I, I think that the, some of the concepts that have come out, they look kind of cool or whatever, but I just don't think that they're, they're real at all. I don't think they're close to being real. So I don't really pay too much attention to, to like concept uniforms, anything like that. But we've seen a lot of these come out. I don't think white either, but I think white makes a lot more sense than black. But also, I think the yellow is extremely realistic. If we have a blue, a bone, and a yellow, that just makes sense to me. And then maybe next year we get the white because we are supposed to get another jersey next year as well. Uh, but yeah, we don't have black in our color scheme, so I, I see no reason that the Rams would add a, a white or a black, I mean. But also... Uh, you know, I think a, a, another blue would make sense, something without the gradient numbers. But, you know, I mean, the, we also just did our media day, though, and our media day just happened and and they're they're just recording with the blue and the bone that we already have. So I don't actually know what's happening with this, uh, but Kevin Demoff is being pretty quiet. Uh, some some, uh, I guess, rumors or slash guesses, I guess is the is the better way to say it, have said that June 10th, that practice that's being held at SoFi Stadium, which if you guys are listening to me on the 9th on the podcast version of this, that is tomorrow. If it is the 10th now, then it is tonight <laughs> or it is today. And uh, some, some rumors have said that that's where the unveiling is going to happen. I see that as a very big unlikely situation unfolding because the Rams... They tend to announce announcements, and as of recording of the ninth, it's Wednesday evening right now, we have not seen any kind of promotional stuff saying like, hey, come on out, we're going to get our new uniform. I think that that's something that the Rams would have done, so I don't know if, if that's, I, d I doubt that that's going to happen. If it did, that would be a very big shock, because like I said, the Rams announce announcements all the time. That is a pretty regular thing for this team, is coming out and saying, hey, 
in one week from today or hey in five days we're gonna do this we're gonna unveil our logo we're gonna unveil our uniforms anything like that as we've seen that historically speaking they kind of hype up the the announcements like that and we haven't seen anything saying that june 10th we'll get our new our new jersey so i, I don't think it's gonna happen i still got my money stashed I, i'm still just waiting i've got money stashed for a a matthew stafford new jersey a new whatever style the Rams release jersey. I'm waiting, but they are not releasing it. So I'm probably not going to get it to like Thanksgiving at this rate because I know how much uh, like even these like the hats those those took forever to come in when the when everything was released. It's been it was a pain in the beginning of this uh, to get to get the new the new logos on stuff. But you know, we'll see what happens, I guess, and. Uh, I don't think it's going to be right now. I think we'll see an announcement of an announcement. Before we hop into our break, though, I do need to let you guys know, by the way, Crazy Weekend was not able to record any cool commercials or anything. But I do want to hype up Compton Mania again, because, guys, the closer this gets, the more excited that I am. And I can't even go. I can't even be there because... It is in California, but that's where you guys need to be, all right? It's CompTonMania.com is where you're going to head, and I'm telling you guys, these guys are awesome, all right? Not only genuinely just great people, but they're also hilarious, all right? And they've got so many things going on. It's it's the ghetto gauntlet. There's 20 people out there just battling it out to be the MFM champion. It's going to be so cool, guys. Check out CompTonMania.com. Go pick up some tickets. Go and tell them that Sheriff Joe Bag sent you. You need to go find these dudes and tell them that Sheriff Joe Bag sent you. Some of these guys, I can't, I'm not even, because this is like a family-friendly show, I like to <laughs> to keep it family-friendly, which this is a family-friendly event, but there's a couple of names that I'm not going to say because this is a family-friendly show. But kids welcome, there's going to be food, there's going to be all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a great time. That is June 26th, later this month, and it is the Ghetto Gauntlet, Compton Mania, CompTonMania.com or search CompTonMania on Facebook or Instagram. That's exactly where you need to be. Exactly where you need to be. The Ghetto Gauntlet. Will you survive? There's only one way to find out. All right, we're going to hit a quick break. And on the other side, we got the Matthew Stafford Effect Part 2 and our fan quesos. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back in, Rams fans. So we got the Matthew Stafford effect. This is part two. We did a part one quite a while ago, and I kind of anticipated this being a, a more regular segment, but this was a pretty quiet offseason for the Rams. Of course, we got the Matthew Stafford deal before the Super Bowl even happened, and then really, I, we signed Deshaun Jackson. That was like our move. That was, that was letting other, like letting some of our guys go to other teams and then signing Deshaun Jackson. So it wasn't like we did that part of it. And the more I thought about it, because I, I, I've had plenty of time to think about this now. The more I thought about it, this this Matthew Stafford effect is more long-term than it is short-term just this offseason. All right? But there's a couple of things about this this Stafford deal that I think are being, I guess, overlooked. I don't know if it's if people are are not giving this trade enough credit. Uh, I don't know if uh, if if the improvement from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford is getting really recognized in the way that I think it should. Maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe, maybe I'm not. But I also, I like Jared Goff. I was a Jared Goff guy. I think, you know, 
I I really wanted him to succeed. Like I, I liked him out of college. I think he's got a great deep ball. I think he got into his own head. I think he was overthinking himself. I think he got paid, went to the Super Bowl, and relaxed a little bit. But I don't think that you can legitimately say that Matthew Stafford's not an upgrade. I used to be so critical of Matthew Stafford, too. Coming out of college and stuff, I was not a Matthew Stafford guy. But part of that was he was a little bit loose with it at first. You know, he would just kind of like just be kind of launching it all over the place. And then he had Calvin Johnson for quite a while. And Calvin Johnson would catch the ball in triple, quadruple coverage and for touchdowns and stuff. And so the second that that happened, that Johnson retired, it was like, okay, well, now we get to see who Matthew Stafford is. And I think he got better with the departure of, of Calvin Johnson because he couldn't just be like, ah, and just like <laughs> throw it up and then get a touchdown because Calvin Johnson's on the, the receiving end of that. So this is a quote that I heard quite a long time ago. And I don't know why it really pops into my head for this, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life believing that it is an idiot. Urgency is a common theme right now with this Rams team. Urgency. We've got some guys who are on the back end of their careers who maybe haven't had that much playoff success. And we have a team right now that can kind of put that together. We got Andrew Whitworth, Matthew Stafford. I don't want to necessarily put Aaron Donald into that just yet. He's just now 30 years old. He's by no means over the hill or anything. But we have a team together right now that can win. And eventually this cap stuff, it will it will kind of catch up to us at least a little bit. I mean, there's only so many times you can push back numbers and, and reconfigure things before you got to pay that money eventually. But right now, this team is set up to, to make a push. Right now. This is, I mean, the, the Rams roster is one of the one of the best in the league right now, today. Especially in the NFC. I mean, I mean, there's some good teams out there. There's some really good teams out there right now. The Rams, they're up there. All right, so Matthew Stafford, 33. Eventually, salary cap will catch up to the Rams. That's that's the part that is driving the urgency factors here. So, how big is this Super Bowl window? I I don't know yet. I kind of want to see this team with Stafford this year, but the window is open. It is open. The Super Bowl window for this LA Rams team, it is open right now. You look at some of the other teams in the NFC. Green Bay doesn't even have their MVP right now. He's a, like being classified as an official holdout. He's not at mandatory camp. You look at Tampa Bay. They bringing they they bring back all 22 starters and they're coming off of a Super Bowl. I don't think that we will see them just kind of come in like, "Hey, we're the best." But it's possible. It is a very real thing. Will Tom Brady let that happen? I don't know. Will Bruce Arians let that happen? I don't know. But there's going to be some guys on this team that have that mindset of like, we just won the Super Bowl and we have the same exact team. We are not stoppable. Therefore, you are. Is that possible? Yes, it's absolutely possible. But here's the deal. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life believing that it's an idiot. If you judge a quarterback by his ability to win games for the Detroit Lions, most NFL fans will believe that he's just not very good. Matthew Stafford for the Detroit Lions. 
He can't do it all himself, guys. All right. This is a better offensive line, better running game, more weapons, better defense, better coaching staff, better stadium, better city than he's ever played in. And you guys still, there's still people that think that he's got something to prove to you, to, to Steve sitting on the couch, eating Doritos. He has to prove it to you. He was with the Detroit Lions, man. Matt Patricia was his coach most recently. Not very good situation over there, all right? Yeah, he had Calvin Johnson, and none of these Rams receivers are better than Calvin Johnson. But that was all they had was Calvin Johnson. We got Woods, Cup, Jackson, Jefferson, Atwell, Harris, Higby, Akers. A great offensive line, great coaching. I go through it all the time. I always do. But if you judge a quarterback by his ability to win games for the Detroit Lions, most NFL fans are going to think that he's trash. That's just the way it is. The problem here is the amount of time that that Stafford did play for the Lions. Is it too late for him to really make a big impact for the in, in a different NFL team, the LA Rams? I don't think it's too late, but I do believe that in five years, five years is what I'm giving Stafford. I think that we'll have him for five. I don't know how much further we would get him after that, if at all. Five years, though. I think is is real. And in five years, I don't think we lose Donald. We may or may not have Ramsey, but, you know, I, I think that a lot of these players will still be here. We got a young team right now. I mean, of course, Whitworth, if he's still playing in five years, I have so many questions. But I think some a good chunk of these guys will still be here in five years. But I think that we're going to look back at this trade five years from now going... Man, can you believe that we like that we we almost didn't do that or that do, that almost didn't work out or we almost we we could have just kept Goff and and those ones but it worked out. I really think that that's what the conversations we're going to be having at, at the end of this. The real Matthew Stafford effect it really won't be felt for years. Will this be the year? I don't know. I I don't I don't necessarily think so. I don't know if this is the year that the Rams make that big huge push and that Matthew Stafford's fighting for MVP and we're winning the Super Bowl this year. I don't think so. I I mean, I think that we have a shot at that, but really next year is the one that I'm looking at. A quarterback switching to a new team typically makes a big jump year 1 to year 2 in a new offense. And Matthew Stafford has never played for this offense. Under a Sean McVay offense, that's exciting stuff, guys. I mean, Jared Goff's out there talking about that he feels empowered by the, the Lions coaches and stuff, and that's awesome. I wish Jared Goff all the best. But Matthew Stafford has never had an offense this dynamic, with this many dynamic weapons, with this kind of offensive coach, where he can also, because Stafford's been doing it longer, he can go to McVay and say, I'm seeing this. Jared Goff couldn't do that. Because Jared Goff, when Sean McVay showed up, had seven starts, and they were all under Jeff Fisher. He had no idea what he was looking at until Sean McVay showed up. Sean McVay was Jared Goff's eyeballs. Now, Sean McVay has eyeballs on the field in Matthew Stafford that can help him. It won't be felt for years, but I think it's real. Let's go ahead and go into some fan quesos here. We did get uh, just a few, so nothing too crazy here. But let's go ahead and start with Paul. I should have thought about your question a little bit more, Paul, because I read it, I thought about it for a second, and then work got busy, and then I just did that. 
You know, can, can you believe they want me to do my job when I'm there all day? God, so selfish. Anyway, Paul's question. What food isn't a tailgate item that should be? I love Gary's response to this, by the way, which was queso. <laughs> which is, that is such a good answer, man. That is such a good answer. Okay, I'll be real with you, Paul. I have not been to that many tailgates. And all of the ones that I have gone to, it's like I had a sandwich and then beers. So that's kind of my understanding of tailgates. At least that's the, the Sheriff Joe Bag's consumption at a tailgate is usually beer. At the 2018 game, I don't think I was really drinking that year. I think I had like a half a beer and I was like, I don't even want this. But it was also like 20 degrees and it was like, I don't know, it was cold and stuff. And and there were so many people and it was so much fun to meet everybody and stuff. I was just kind of like, I was just kind of enjoying it. I didn't want to like ruin my brain. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to just be there, be present for it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to uh, alter that at all. I just wanted to remember everything. So I, I didn't want to be drinking that much. But as far as a tailgate food item that is not necessarily there that should be, Oh, man, I, I, I don't want to ask for suggestions because I feel like I always do that to Paul's questions, but I need your suggestions for sure. But I will say. <laughs> yeah, biscuits and gravy. I don't care. It's one of my favorite foods. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one here is from Gary. OK, give me your projected stat line for Stafford. All right, so I, I think Stafford's going to do. I, I think he's going to do well. As far as completion percentage, I'm a, I'm gonna put him at like the 67. As far as the stat line, the the adding of a gain this year makes it a little difficult to predict because who knows what's going to happen with that. But I will say that Stafford puts up. I'm gonna say, ooh, I'm gonna say 49.50. But then next year, he becomes our first 5K passer. That's what I'll say. I'm going to say 49.50. I'm going to give him... I'm going to say 34 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. So 49.50, That's going to be my stat line for, uh, for Stafford. Write it down! And come back to me at the end of the season. Because if I'm wrong, that's totally fine. I'm wrong a lot of times. That's fine with me. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm willing to admit it. Next one here is going to come from PJ. PJ wants to know, what U uh, UDFA uh, do you hope makes the cut? As far as my personal preferences, George Silvanic, local boy out of Monument, Colorado, played at the Air Force Academy, which is the local football team for myself out here in uh, in. Colorado Springs in the 719 but uh Sylvanic is is one of those guys for sure I would like to see him uh him make the squad but one of the names that I kind of just I don't know what it is necessarily that kind of just keeps this guy keeps following falling into my brain the second I talk about UDFAs which is going to be Paris Ford at safety I really think that this dude has a shot to make to make this squad I, I don't know if I would put him into hopes because I don't know him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hope all these guys do well. I know that much. But I also hope that the 53 best make this team. I have no real hopes as far as anything else. I just hope that the 53 best guys that we have are the ones that make the team. I don't want to see 
you know, cuts for money, anything like that. I hate seeing that. That sucks. It sucks when you see a guy leave because he makes too much money and you got to go with somebody else that's maybe not as good. That's always a whole bag of bummers. So I'm going to go for my hopes. I'm going to say Sylvanic because we lost Morgan Fox, who was our local boy out of Fountain, Colorado. So now we'll go with Monument, Colorado for uh, for Sylvanic. And also, if you guys pronounce it Colorado, I don't think we're friends, actually. <laughs> it's Colorado. All right. I live here. I'm from here. I promise. Next one here is going to come from Alex. Which rookie do you think is going to make the biggest impact at their position? I'm torn between Robert Rochelle and Jacob Harris. Uh, there's three names to me. They, they really stand out as far as like the potential, the potential high-impact rookies. And that is Tutu Atwell at wide receiver, tight end Jacob Harris, and cornerback Robert Rochelle. Those three names are the names that... Oh, and you know what? I'll add a fourth to that, actually. Ernest Jones at linebacker. The more time that passes, the more that it looks like he's probably going to have a pretty important role this year. I know that in my, <laughs> I got called out for it in the comment section. I know that I put out a video saying, uh, talking about the, the impact levels that I think that these guys will have year one and year two. And my impact level for Jones was pretty low. But the more time that, that passes, you know, where he's actually calling some stuff out on defense and stuff, that's a very real possibility that he could come in. But also... We need to look at uh, media day as as some sort of clues. All right, so seeing like the hype videos where it's Leonard Floyd and Oboe, that tells us something. All right, because that stuff's gonna be on the screen, and if they're if if they're not expecting Oboe to start and it's Leonard Floyd in a backup, let's just say for example, that's gonna look weird on the screen. You know what I mean? So that's also what what keeps me pretty confident that guys like David Long will have a, a pretty big role because he's in those videos with Burgess and Fuller. And I think that I really do think that that's an important tell is what happens in media day. Who's paired up together and doing things. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my impression. <laughs> but who's doing this stuff? Because, uh, the, because if the second that one of those guys is like hurt or doesn't make the team or whatever is a backup, whatever, then that video is kind of irrelevant. If Oboe is a special teamer, why are you going to have a hype video of him and Leonard Floyd on the screen? You know what I mean? So I think that the, I think it's it's pretty telling. But as far as the rookies, and, and I'm giving you four, but I will pick one here, is gonna be the the four that I think will have a pretty decent impact: wide receiver Tutu Atwell, tight end Jacob Harris, cornerback Robert Rochelle, and linebacker Ernest Jones. Dang it! I want to add a fifth too because I think Bobby Brown really does get a lot of playing time. Oh, guys, this is the weirdest problem I've ever had. <laughs> this is the weirdest problem I've ever had on this show. Where I, I feel too good about some of our rookies. Because this our rookie classes have not... I don't want to say they've been weak because they haven't been. But they've been... Like, year one has not been a big year. But this year, I really... I feel good about some of these guys actually being contributors. I will say that I think Bobby Brown, I'd put him ahead of Jones right now as far as impact levels. But... Alright. So, to give you my answer, though. I think that that's going to be Jacob Harris. I think Jacob Harris ends up having the biggest impact in this rookie class this season. Long term, I think Robert Rochelle is the best one that comes out of this class. But I think that this year, and for what the Rams offense is probably going to look like, you got to look at Jacob Harris. I really, really want to stop seeing the Megatron comparisons due to his size, his size, his speed, stuff like that. 
Which, I mean, yeah, that, that, those are reasonable factors. But also, Calvin Johnson was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Can we not put that kind of pressure on a tight end right now? All right. He's just now being, he's just a rookie. All right. Can we just let him play a little bit before we're like, this guy's amazing. He's first ballot Hall of Fame. Because we don't know anything about that yet. Yeah, I feel pretty good about Jacob Harris having a big impact, but let's not put him into that category quite yet. Let's at least let him see preseason at least. At least, guys. He hasn't even worn NFL shoulder pads yet, and we're already crowning this guy as the next Megatron? That's a little extreme, okay? Maybe use high voice. But uh, I will say Jacob Harris this year, Robert Rochelle long-term. I, I read this really cool article. Uh, it was short and very vague. But it did give a little bit of more information, which I ended up looking into. But it was talking about Robert Rochelle and the analytics that the Rams have been using for the draft classes. And that, that Robert Rochelle, he's, I can't remember the fourth name. There's a, there's one more name I'm going to miss. But uh, Derwin James, Jalen Ramsey, and Robert Rochelle. And there was one other name that I'm, I'm blanking on right now. Feel free to drop it in the comments. But there's one other name. And it's like those four guys are like the only ones that have that like fit all these analytics and they're all amazing. So Robert Rochelle included in that group. We'll see if he is truly amazing. And if that those analytics that the Rams have been doing for the draft, if those actually do translate to the football field, we will of course see that this year, there is football this year. So uh, I think that Robert Rochelle has a real shot at being a very, very good player for this team. And I don't want to say too early or anything like that, but I mean, Darius Williams is going to be expensive. And if Robert Rochelle can come in and absolutely crush some souls this year, then I feel decent about letting maybe Darius Williams go to a different team and then having Robert Rochelle on the outside if David Long can con continue to progress as well. Uh, we've got some pieces there, but we don't need to necessarily worry about that. That's a conversation that we can have after the Rams win the Super Bowl at SoFi this year. But we'll have that conversation later on uh, going into the offseason, but we'll see how it goes first because and I'll try to remember this. I'll put it in my brain tank here and... We'll try to remember that I'm making these comments about about Rochelle possibly overtaking D. Will. It's obviously way too early to say that. Let's. Uh, I'll give myself the advice of let, how about we let him play at least in some preseason games before we crown him a starter next year. But I think that Rochelle's got a real shot at being a, a pretty good player in this in this league. My last question here is going to come from Keith, and Keith wants to know what's your favorite outlet covering the Bucks. You know, man, I'm not really a Milwaukee fan. Ah, I'm just kidding. All right, so obviously <laughs> Keith, Keith is uh, out of the Bucks report. Some incredible dudes over there, by the way. You, we, you'll see them. You guys will meet some of those guys right here on Ram Showcase coming up uh, into when when the season starts. What do we got them? Week three, I think it is. So we'll we'll definitely get them on the show. I'll be on their shows if you guys want to check those out as well. Uh, just talk about these games. Those are great dudes over there. We kind of get some like friendly banter going back and forth and stuff like that and some good trash talk and all that. And it's like, you know, they were talking about they won the Super Bowl, but they didn't beat us last year. So I was talking about that. Um, but yeah, some really cool shows over there. Really good dudes. Um, but by then, uh, we will abs absolutely be doing live shows again because we're, we're all get, we're getting set up here. We've got all the equipment now uh, to get to bring back the live shows. I uh, just want to, um, It'll be soon, honestly. I just want to schedule it out and make sure that it's right. But uh, that that does mean that these shows will probably be releasing on Wednesday as as they'll be recorded on Wednesday. That that schedule, I 
I don't want to change that schedule at all. So, uh, so Ram Showcase release date will probably be changing as far as uh, YouTube and when you can watch me on YouTube. But I will still be cutting up the show, doing the clips, the RS clips that I've been putting out as well. Uh, but yeah, Ram Showcase Live is is coming back pretty soon. Uh, uh, next week is a weird week for me. I, I don't. The schedule will probably change. I'll update on social media if it does. But yeah, I want to bring back live shows. I've missed it, man. I've I've missed the live shows. I, I used to just do live, you know, audio shows back in the day, and uh, you know, back in like Ram Showcase's infancy. You know, but uh, yeah, I, I miss it. I, I like doing that a lot. I I don't have any problems with live shows. Mostly, I just record straight through on here, so there's no like jump cuts and stuff. You don't see me like sitting here, and then over here, and then over here. That's how that works. And yeah, so you don't see any of that. I just kind of record straight through. So live shows, I don't think will change that much. Just need to uh, get some stuff in order, and then we'll be good to go. But yeah, we'll be doing that. Uh, I don't want to get i guess too detailed on on the things that are happening as far as that goes but some pretty cool stuff pretty cool stuff be working with some really good guys so uh, bucks report will be part of that liveness when uh the, the when the live time comes yeah, but i was on one of their shows pretty recently i don't even know the name of it honestly but they asked me what i had for dinner uh i don't know i don't know what the, i don't know what the show was but those guys were great those guys were funny they were cool to talk to it was awesome stuff, but yeah, well, you guys will meet all them, uh, definitely. But yeah, the, as far as Bucks coverage goes, which I don't necessarily seek out very often, the Bucks report is the, is the place to go for sure. If you guys know any Bucks fans, such as my sister, uh, if you guys know my sister, let her know Bucks fan, Bucks report. <laughs> Doubt it, but you know, I think my sister knows four people. I'm three of them, and then her daughter, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, that is. That is all for me. Uh, make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That would be at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Make sure you guys follow it up. It's real simple. Make sure you search Ram Showcase. Drop likes. Drop subscribes. Share this with all your friends. Show your mom. Uh, yeah. Dad, uncle, he wants to see this. So just send him a link. Don't say any words. Just send him a link to the full show. And just be like, hey, did you catch it? And then he'll have to watch the whole thing. So that'll work out. But that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Beggs. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports Wall Radio. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening. And you guys have a great night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't 
win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 